0: My title away from him. He would shock most of the world if he could make it into the middle rounds. What an uppercut by Douglas. down. goes Tyson. Let's go ahead and call it the biggest upset in the history of heavyweight championship fights. 56 yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it to the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis! Oh 16 seconds ahead of the cloud. Fly to the right, post. Elijah Watt for three. Yes! What it's only there. fitting. What a way I have one thing to say to those non-believers. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Yeah. Well, today we're continuing. Actually, we're finishing up our two-week series entitled Underdogs. Last week, if you were not here, you owe it to yourself to go back and listen to Pastor Derek's message as he kicked off this message series entitled Underdogs. And he looked at the two thieves that were on the cross the day that Jesus died. And those were certainly some underdogs. They were in an underdog situation. One of the thieves responded with pride and the other with humility and surrender. And he taught us last week that we need to be people, when we find ourselves in an underdog situation, to humbly surrender and God will show up and show out in our lives. And so if you missed that, week one, last week, make sure and go back and listen to that and uh, let it challenge your life. Well, today I want to talk to you about underdog, and I want to specifically talk to you about how to have faith through the fire. But before we get started, uh, it's already been mentioned, and just by looking around, you can tell it is Super Bowl Sunday. And it's uh, kind of unique because this year, as you know, it's right here in the city of Houston. Now, I don't know if anybody else did this. Me and Leah, we just stayed clear of downtown Houston. Anybody go downtown over the last few days? Leave your hands raised for just a moment. These are all the crazy people, especially... (laughs) If you did not have to be downtown and you were there anyway, it's a little bit cray-cray. That's all I'm going to say, say. Well, being that it's here in Houston, I figured I would share a Facebook post that I received about a week ago that uh, maybe somebody wants to be a part of. This is the Facebook post. It was from someone who has two tickets to the Super Bowl. They are box seats and there's free parking that is included. He didn't realize when he bought them over a year ago that it was going to be the same day as his wedding, so he can't go. If you're interested and you want to take his place instead of him, it's at St. Peter's Church downtown, 5 p.m. Her name is Donna, and she will be the one dressed in white by the altar if you want to take his place. Gotta love Super Bowl weekend. Again, today we're starting this series, finishing this series entitled Underdogs. We all love the story of an underdog. In sports, we've seen a lot of times where people would cheer on the underdog. One of the greatest underdog stories as it relates to Super Bowl weekend was actually back on January 12th, 1969, Super Bowl three. It was the New York Jets, and they were going up against what was known as the Baltimore Colts at the time. Going into the game, New York Jets were anticipated to be 17-point underdogs. But the famous Joe Namath guaranteed that the Jets would pull out the game no matter what everybody else said. He says, I know we're underdogs, but I guarantee a win. And sure enough, on that day, they defeated the Colts 16-7 to 7 to win the game underdog story. Or what about February the 3rd, 2008, Super Bowl forty-two, Eli Manning's New York Giants against Tom Brady's Patriots. The Patriots in that particular season were undefeated, and everyone thought that they would surely win the Super Bowl. They were 14-point advantage. Eli was an underdog. And it looked like the game was going to shake out exactly like it was predicted to do. In the fourth quarter, they were down by 14 to 10. Eli and his group uh, New York Giants, they got the ball on their 17, and with 2 minutes and 39 seconds left on the clock, were able to drive 83 yards in order to win, even though they were considered the underdog. Or What about this date, February the 5th, 2017? Super Bowl 51 Houston Texas Patriots against the Falcons Patriots are considered the upper hand and the Falcons are considered the underdog but as I will predict even right now we are going to have another underdog victory in this place and I am one of those who about two weeks ago became an Atlanta Falcon (laughs) bandwagon fan for a day that's it just for a day If you're a Patriot fan, sorry, but not sorry. (laughs) We love underdog stories. We even make movies about the underdog, right? Everybody remember the the movie Cool Runnings? Anybody remember that movie? Jamaican bobsled team. Who would have ever thought a Jamaican bobsled team? Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Come on, people. it's, It's bobsled time. And we cheer on the Jamaican bobsled team. What about the story of a little boy named Rudy? Rudy goes and he he goes to a university and nobody thinks that one of the favorite quotes that is in that movie. Look, Rudy, you're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you were barely a speck of athletic ability, and you hung in there with the best college football players in the nation, and we cheer on for the underdog. It's not only in sports. You see it in movies that have to do with like war, the 300, or, or what about the, perhaps one of the greatest movies of all time, Braveheart. Anybody Braveheart fans in here? This group of people who had no hope, they were most certainly the underdogs. And all of a sudden, you see Mel Gibson out there, and he has his face painted, and he's yelling out to the top of his lungs, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And we're all cheering, and we're going crazy, and we're looking at our wife's makeup jar in order to find some blue paint, in order to have some war paint, and we're beating our chest, and we're like, yeah, we're cheering on the underdog. Why? Why? Because we all like stories of an underdog. Can I be honest with you, though? While we like to cheer for the underdog, we don't like to be the underdog. It's one thing to cheer for an underdog. It's a totally different thing to be the underdog in our lives. But you know the Bible is full of underdog stories? Almost everybody who was used greatly by God at some point in their life would have been considered an underdog. Think of it for just a moment. There's a guy named David who went up against a, a Goliath, and he faced fear. Everybody else was in fear, but here was David, and he says, I'll face Goliath. He may be a giant, but my God is bigger, and I don't come to you with spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Underdog story. Take a moment of Moses and Pharaoh. This time it's not only fear, but it's freedom. I want you to go and tell that Pharaoh, let my people go. But, 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 but God, I, I stutter. How can I be your mouthpiece? I'm an underdog. And yet God used him in a mighty way. Think of a prophet named Elijah. He goes up and there are 450 prophets of Baal. And he says, I want to meet you on the mountaintop, Mount Carmel. And he says, take and you pray to your God. I pray to my God. And we will see who answers by fire. All of them underdog situations. One was fear. One was freedom. One was fire. In every situation, God seems to always be for the underdog. So I don't know where you're at this morning. Perhaps you feel a little bit like an underdog. Can I tell you some good news? You're in good company because God is a God of the underdog. And the list on the Bible, it goes on and it goes on. Well, today I want to talk to you about a story Known as the story of the three Hebrew children against a mighty king. You may have heard it in Sunday school growing up, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their story is found in Daniel chapter 3, if you want to turn over there. And as you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of the background so that you can have the context of the message that I'm going to share with you today. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... In order to understand it, you have to go back just a little bit, back to the year of 605 BC. And this year, there was a king of the Babylonians whose name was King Nebuchadnezzar. He went up against war against God's people of Judah, and he was able to conquer them in in an unimaginable fashion. Following that victory, King Nebuchadnezzar decided he was going to take some of the brightest young men of all of Judah and bring them back into captivity in Babylon. Now, his desire in doing so was in the next three or four years, he was going to indoctrinate these guys so much that they would think like Babylonians and they would act like Babylonians. He was going to take them out of their culture and he was going to change them so that he could eventually use the brightest of all of Judah to be over some of the affairs of Babylon. Even the Bible says he tried to change them so much that he literally changed their names. If you look at the book of Daniel, their names were not originally Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was Hananiah and Meshach, and Azariah. See, these would have been Jewish names, and they would have been names that would have honored their Lord and their God. And here is King Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, I'm going to strip that from you, and I'm going to give you a name that is tied to the Babylonian gods, trying to change them. But as we'll learn today, the Babylonians could change their names, but they could not change their hearts. As we learn, these underdogs remain loyal to God of Israel no matter what they face. I wonder, we say we're lifelong followers of Jesus Christ here at LifePoint. I wonder if we truly would stay loyal to God no matter what we had to face. So this is the backdrop of Daniel chapter 3, some underdogs in an undeserved situation, but they were undeterred in their commitment to God. Daniel 3 now opens with King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's kind of full of himself, so he decides that he would make a golden image for everybody to bow down and worship to. And he puts it up on the plain of Dora so that everybody in the whole province would be able to see it and there was an instruction given when you hear the sound of music, every single person in the province is to bow down and worship before the golden image that I have placed before you. Verse six it goes and tells us whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. And you'll notice this morning, the first thing I want us to see through this story about underdogs is, number one, underdogs are to have faith to face the fire. Have you ever uh, felt like an underdog who had to face a fire in your situation of life? I, I, I just bet that there's at least one person in this place who say, man, I've got something going on in my life. I'm trying to stand for God. But right now, it seems like there is a fiery furnace that I am facing in this moment. I feel like an underdog. I want us first of all to understand: an underdog needs to be somebody who has faith that arises in the, inside of them, so that they would face the fire. Maybe you find yourself just like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—an undeserved situation. God, I didn't do anything to deserve this, but here I look around me and it looks like there is an impossible situation and I am about to face the fire. The doctors called or this job situation happened and I don't know, I don't seem like I deserve this, but I am facing a fire in my life. Maybe it was not only undeserved, maybe it was unwinnable situation. Ever been there? It doesn't matter if I take the road to the right or take the road to the left. It is an unwinnable, undeserved situation. There is a fire that I am facing. But underdogs are people who have faith to face the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar made it pretty simple for them to understand, right? He told everybody, you've got one of two choices. You will either bow or you will burn. You're either going to bow when you hear the music to the idol that I have placed before you or you are going to be burned in the fiery furnace. It's not a good situation when you're in situations in life where it feels like I either have to bow or I have to burn. And every single one of us in our life find ourselves in that place of being an underdog at some point. So verse 7 it comes along if you look at it there. The Bible says after he gives this edict, he puts up this image. They start to play the music. Everybody in the whole province bows down because they're fearing that they will be burned. Everyone, that is, except for three Hebrew children named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then we get over to verse 8 and check this out. You can read it there for yourself. It says, Everybody else bows down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't. Verse 8. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. Have you ever had some Chaldeans in your life? You're trying to do the right thing and not bow, and all of a sudden, somebody has to go be a tattletale. They all of a sudden have to upset the apple cart, as it were. You're trying to be faithful to all that God's called you to do. And all of a sudden, there's somebody who begins to speak behind your back. Says these Chaldeans, they came and accused these Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's what they say. Oh, king, you know, you made that decree that everybody should bow down. But there's these three who will not bow down. And this is when your ta- faith is often tested by the faithless. Those who have nothing better to do but to ride on your parade. And you're trying to follow after God and do the right thing, but the faithless come along. I want you to look at what it says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. It says These are the Ch- uh, Chaldeans. They're speaking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylonia. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen to this next phrase. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. These three, O king, seem to have faith to face the fire. They know the consequences if they are going to either bow or burn, and yet even though you have demanded of them to bow, they will not bow to your gods. And listen to your decree, O king. Faith to face the fire. Then check out verse 13. They seem unsettled, but they're undeterred. Verse 13. Then King Nebuchadnezzar In a furious rage, commanded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought. So they brought these men before the king. That is a pretty big underdog situation. Three men in captivity, they are in an unfamiliar place, but they are undeterred in their faith to face a fire. King Nebuchadnezzar says, I want you to bring them to me, I want to have a conversation goes on to say, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Verse 15. Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the tiger, uh, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. So, if you're ready to change your mind and fall down and worship when you hear the music sound, we're all good. This can be over right now. Here's a transitional statement. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. Check out this phrase. And whose god who is the god who will deliver you out of my hands? Do you hear the arrogance? Oh, you will bow, or you're about to burn, and let's see this God that you worship, let's see if he can really do something in your situation. You don't realize it, but you're an underdog here, and you better bow, or you're about to burn, and God himself is not going to be able to save you. Check out the response as they're faced with the fire in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. I just like the way that sounds. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. I just read it like that. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. What? Three slave boys going up against the king, and this is their response. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, are you joking me? We don't have to tell you an answer to this matter because we know our God is mighty. goes on. Verse 17, if this be so, what is he talking about? If you throw us in the by, uh, in the furnace. If we don't bow when you throw us in the furnace. Even if you throw us in the furnace, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will and he will and he might No, He will. He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. That sounds good, boy. Three underdogs facing a king. He's more than able, and He will deliver us. But listen, lifelong followers of Christ, because that's where we like to shout, He will deliver us. But do you have faith to face the fire for this next phrase that I'm about to say? Check this out. But... If not, he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. But if not, I wonder, do you have a but if not type of faith? Oh, God, I've got a situation, a fiery furnace on my job, in my house, in my home, in my whatever it is. And I know that he's more than able to deliver. But if not, my faith is still strong enough to face the fire. Oh, we like the oh, God will deliver us. But but if not, will you still follow him? Oh, I know what the popular preaching of today is that you sign a card and you give given an offering and you pray a prayer and you'll never face situations in your life again. But the truth is, we are lifelong followers of God who understand eternity in light of this temporary sufferings and the stuff of this life. God, I know you can deliver, but if you don't, I'm still going to follow you. But if not, verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. And the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than it was usually heated. It says, burn the fire, baby. These guys are going in. And he ordered some of the mighty men of the army to bind. Underline the word bind. We'll get there in a moment to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 21. Then these men were bound in their cloaks and tunics and their hats and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Now, can I be honest with you? I know you've heard that story before, and you probably know how this is going to end. But let's step back for just a moment and think to ourselves, what if we had never heard this story? I don't know about you, that's not the ending that I would have anticipated, right? Right? Our God is able to deliver you. we got faith to face the fire. All right. And then you end up bound, laying on the ground of a fiery furnace. If I was writing it, all of a sudden chariots of angels would come down and smite the king Nebuchadnezzar, and they would walk out with freedom without ever having to face the fire. But they had to go through the fire. And they had faith that no matter what you do to me, my God is still more than able. And the Bible says that they are thrown bound into the fire. I wish that it would have ended and they didn't have to go through the fire. But they were bound into the fire. It's not where you expect it to go. We're cheering for the underdog. Our team's down. It's the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, the other team that has the upper hand, they're able to score, and we're even further down, and we're bound in the midst of a fire. How is this supposed to be like this? God, I thought I faced the fire with faith. I would have not had to have been thrown into the flame. You can be faithful and still face a flame in your life. Verse 23, they fell bound into the fiery furnace. Even, have you ever been there in your life? God, I don't understand. But this is where the story gets exciting. Because as the old time Paul Harvey used to say, and then here is the rest of the story. See, because it's not too late for a comeback. See, the underdogs had a face-to-face, the, the fire. The next thing I want you to see is number two, they had a friend who was faithful. See, somebody in this place this morning is feeling like an underdog. God, I've got a situation that is either bow or burn. On the job, in my marriage, in a relationship, in a, whatever it may be, God, I just don't know. God, I am about to have to bow or I am about to have to burn. I encourage you to have face, faith to face the fire. And how do you do that? Because you have a friend who is faithful. You have a friend who's faithful. See, they're in the fire. Story should have ended. But let's look at verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar. So here they are bound in the fire. They fall to the ground. Looks like everything's done. Check this out. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. Underline that word astonished and just let's pause there for a moment. I believe somebody's in a fiery furnace right now that when you come out of this thing, it's going to astonish some folks. Not because of you, because you're not the hero in the story. God is the hero. You may be in a fire right now, but somebody who doesn't believe you're going to come out of that fire, when you get delivered, they're going to be astonished. It goes in in verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Hey, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Bound into the fire? They answered and said to him, True, O king, yeah, we, we put three in. Then listen to the king. He said, verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came to the door of the burning fire first, and he declared, Shadrach, Uh, it goes on, I'm sorry, go to 25. He says, But I see four men, unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not burned, and their appearance of the fourth is like unto the Son of God." God. See, they were in the fire. They were bound, they were in the flames, but the story wasn't over because they had a friend in the fire who was faithful. I want to pause there for just a moment. Do you know you have a God that not only cares enough that he will bring you out of the fire, but he'll go in the fire with you? Isn't that the picture of the gospel? He who knew no sin, who was from eternity, God in the flesh, Jesus Emmanuel. He said, I see what's going on in my world and they have abandoned me and I will rescue them. But his rescue required his involvement. And so he steps out of heaven into this earthly realm and he gets right in the middle of our mess to bring us out of the fires that we face. He said, I will abandon the throne room of heaven. And I will become like to you so that we can walk you through to freedom. Now the rest of the story. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came to the door of the burning fiery furnace and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. He's changed his tune a little bit. Come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. That's a word for somebody in this place. You're in a fire, but you're going to go through the fire. You're going to come out of this. This is where it even gets more exciting. I hope you read the Bible for all it's worth and you get yourself involved in this because, boy, it's exciting. Second part of verse 27. The fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not even singed. Their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Somebody needs to hear this. When you come out, you're not only going to come out and come through it, you're going to come out smelling like a rose on the other side. Beats all logic. How is that possible? Don't even... The fire was so hot that the men who threw them in died instantly. And yet, all of a sudden, they come out. Not only were they not dead, they didn't even smell like smoke. listen to this. Somebody needs to hear this as I was preparing. Remember, they fell bound into the fire. The thing that is currently binding you is the thing that is going to be a part of your great testimony. Because here they are, they're bound in the fire. They come out unbound, unscathed, not even smelling like the hint of fire. Because they had a friend who was faithful. They're not the heroes in the story. Sure, they stood up and had faith, but it was God who was faithful. Listen to verse 28. We'll read the final passage here. Nebuchadnezzar answered. (laughs) He changes his tune. When we have faith to face the fire, it doesn't only change our lives, but all those lives around us. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who has sent his angel and delivered his servant. Who trusted in him. Who trusted in him. Are you trusting in him? Who trusted in him. And set aside the king's command. And yielded up their bodies rather than to serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything... Against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruin. Listen to this. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Unsettled, undeserved, but undeterred. We will have faith to face the fire because we have a friend who is faithful. This morning, how does it relate to each and every one of us? Somebody in this place is feeling just like an underdog. Now, I didn't list off what all of those areas that maybe you look like it's either bow or burn, but you, in the moment that we are praying and we are speaking and I'm talking to you, something raises up inside of you, and it looks an impossible situation. I want to challenge you to let your faith arise and have faith to face that fire. Somebody in here needs to be reminded that even in the midst of the fire you may go through the flame but you still have a friend who is faithful today i want us to not only hear god's word i want us to respond i feel a sense in this place that some of you are facing some stuff you say man see so i don't know it's a pretty big fire pretty big flame Don't know if I've got the faith. Well, this morning, in just a moment, I'm going to ask this worship team to help us as we enter back into His presence. I hope you've been in it. I hope you're always in the presence of God when you walk into this place and you're expecting big things. But I'm going to ask them to lead us in a worship song. And as we do that... I'm going to ask you to begin to ask God to speak so clearly how this message is to relate to your life. In a moment, we're going to open up these altars and we're going to pray in faith, believing for some of you who have some fires that you're facing, that God will be that faithful friend. Would you begin to ask God to help you to know how to respond and change and challenge your life and not walk out of this place the same this morning? I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray, and then I want us to go into a moment of reflection. After we sing for a moment, I'm going to come back up here, and then I'm going to ask our altar workers to come. And whether it's salvation, whether it's a situation, we're going to pray and believe that we can still have faith to face the fire. Father, right now, we're going to go into a moment of worship, and as we do... Would you help us to step into your presence? Would you challenge, would you change us in Jesus' name? Help us not only to be hearers of the word, but engage us in applying it to our lives and our situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you worship?